Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. A story is told of 19th century Anglican pastor, poet, and theologian John Keeble. As a young Oxford don in the early years of that century, he held at one point the office of college bursar, financial secretary. Few clergy then, or now for that matter, were trained in the art of balancing columns of figures. And in one particular year, Keeble's accounts were stubbornly out of balance. He noticed that the date written at the top of the ledger was a perfect match for exactly how much the books were out. He had accidentally added the number of the year, 1820, into one of the columns of figures. Now, there are many methods of creative accounting, but normally balancing the books is a matter of adding up the number of items in the credit side and the number of items on the debit side and calculating to see how close they come. Well, that's the kind of picture that St. Paul the Apostle is working with in our epistle lesson. Paul starts out by recounting what he thought were the advantages of his former life in Judaism. He thought that his spiritual ledger was all nice and finely balanced. In terms of his status as a member of God's people, Israel, he thought he had nothing on the debit side at all. Every, in every way Paul looked at it, he thought he was in the clear. Paul had placed his confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks reason to trust in the flesh, I've got more, said St. Paul. So imagine for a moment a spiritual ledger. Two columns, gains and losses. Paul focuses first on the things he thought would give him confidence on the final judgment day. Paul's confidence contains really two points. First, there are confidence in things which stemmed from his birth. Paul says, circumcised on the eighth day. Race, Israelite. Tribe, Benjamin. Descent, a Hebrew, through and through. Second, there is confidence stems from his own performance. Now, these are, not thing, these are things that he's personally achieved, that were done, not just inherited. He lists them. Torah observance, a Pharisee. Zealous, I persecuted the church. Official status under the law, blameless. Now, does that mean that his account is in credit, that he had an overflowing surplus? Certainly not, because if salvation were by works, Paul certainly would have had clear entrance into heaven. 
And at one time, Paul thought that all of that was to his profit. They were all advantages that would have helped him gain the eternal reward. But now, Paul realizes that his books are all stubbornly out of balance. In fact, all of the items that he thought formed a credit balance, all of them actually needed to be placed on the other side of the page instead. They were all really supposed to be in the debit column rather than the credit one. Ever since Paul had that blinding experience on the Damascus Rose, his Damascus Road, his eyes of faith were opened. Now he realized that his spiritual ledger was radically changed. All of those things that he took confidence in were actually to his disadvantage. They stood in the way of him having a right relationship with the Lord, and they kept the gates of heaven firmly shut. They didn't gain him righteousness, but in fact, they turned him away from true righteousness. All of that was to his loss. Those old ideas had to be abandoned. They were totally worthless and useless. Everything he used to put his confidence in, his birth, performance, Paul now could nothing more than garbage that smells up the house to be hauled out and thrown away. They were not only not for his profit, they stood to cost him everything. They were a loss. They had left him spiritually bankrupt. What are you placing your confidence in? What are you placing your confidence in? In your spiritual letter, ledger, where are you putting what? Are you putting the credit side? What are you going to put in the credit side? Because you see, you have a huge debit, a massive loss. Your ledger is way out of balance. God says that you should fear, love, and trust in Him above all things. Instead, we don't. God has commanded us to love our neighbors as ourselves, and we really don't do that either. Top of all that, God has made you. He's given you your body and your soul and all your members. He takes care of you. He provides for everything that you need to support your body and your life. He defends you against all dangers. He guards and protects you from all evil. All of that he does out of his fatherly divine goodness without any merit or worthiness on your part. And for all of that, it is your duty. You already owe God all of your thanks, praise, and obedience. You already owe it to God. So what will you place into the ledger to balance out at it? How will you repay God? Your good works? Your prayers? Your church attendance? You're living a good and upright moral life? Being religious? Telling other people about Jesus? Helping those in need? Social justice? What will you put on the other side? Because all of those things, it's already what you're supposed to be doing. You owe all of that to God already. There is nothing. There is 
absolutely nothing that you can put into the credit side to balance out what you owe to God. You absolutely need to see that in and of yourself, you are spiritually bankrupt. You sin daily in thought, word, and deed by what you have done and what you have not done, and so the debt increases. But Paul goes far beyond merely regarding those things he once boasted in as a loss. No, he moves every single thing over to the loss column until only one thing remains in the credit column. Paul has discovered that he can put something on that credit side in comparison to which everything else that he can possibly imagine is a loss. He's found something to uh, to put on the other side to finally make up for that massive debt that we owe to God. And that something is, in fact, a someone. It is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the crucified and risen King. The The plus side of Paul's ledger is now pure. So what's the accounting? The accounting goes like this. The lost column reads everything. The gain column now reads Christ. There are only two categories of people. There are those who think they are members of God's people because they try to keep the law. And there are those who are regarded as members of God's family because they trust in what Jesus has done. Jesus, the Messiah, has at last done what we could not do. He's We are saved by the faithfulness of Jesus, not our own faithfulness. Because Jesus was faithful even to death, yes, the death of a cross. The righteousness that we possess comes from Christ's faithful obedience to the Father on the cross, where he willingly suffered and died to pay back what you owe to God for all your sins. The way we share, the way we can participate in that faithfulness of Jesus is by faith. Our trust in the promise that because of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus the Messiah, we are forgiven. Because of Jesus, we have a credit balance consisting simply of Him. No longer do we have any debts outstanding with God. We're justified, declared to be righteous. The righteousness a holy God demands of you, He credits to you in Jesus. We have spiritual wealth because we have Jesus. Now, this isn't about how you become a Christian. It isn't just about that. It's about a status that you possess and that you continue to enjoy as full members of God's people, no matter who you are or what you've done. It's not, I was justified, I was saved. It is, I am justified. I am saved. It's a matter of status. You don't say, I was married, when your spouse is sitting right next to you. 
You say, I am married. It's something that you enjoy, hopefully. This is a matter of status. God regards us as being in Christ. This is also a matter of personal knowledge. This is not about knowing the facts about Jesus. It's about knowing Christ, a personal relationship with him. What does that mean? That means listening to him speak to you through his word and trusting his promises. It's also a matter of conformity of life, being committed to a repentant life that seeks to put to death sin and strives to imitate the Messiah. So what in the world would you put on the credit side along with Jesus? What would you make of higher importance than Jesus? Think of anything you want in the world. Your family, your health. Anything you can think of. And it does not compare to Jesus Christ. Our solitary confidence is in Jesus Christ. Our only boast is in Jesus Christ. Our sole hope is in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the center of our worship. He's the center of our gratitude, the center of our love, the center of our hope. Place your constant confidence and trust in Jesus Christ and in nothing else. Our only boast, our only confidence, our only hope must be in Christ because salvation is all of grace because it's based on Christ's faithful work in your behalf. And saving faith is abandoning everything, abandoning anything that we would credit ourselves and instead completely relying on the faithful work of Christ. He is our only hope. Christ alone stands in the credit column and nothing else. And may that peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.